From a reading of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said to the chief priest and the elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son said in reply, I will not. But afterwards he changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, The first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. Jesus tells this parable while, in, while teaching in the temple. The high priests and the Pharisees had approached him to ask him with what authority he had cast out the vendors in the temple the day before and with what authority he is now teaching. It's easy to tell that their question is not sincerely seeking information with the openness to maybe change their opinion about him if met with a satisfying answer. Their hearts were closed. They were firm in their prejudice against Jesus and his message. So Jesus tells this parable about two sons whose father asked them to go to work in the vineyard. Maybe our minds immediately go to another father and his two sons. These sons, like the other two, don't seem to be great at obedience. But there is a consoling factor. Perfect children don't exist even in the gospel. One, the first, says, without hesitation, I don't want to go, forget about it. The other, instead, worse yet, says yes, but inside of him is a great big no. And then the father. It's the most beautiful character in all of Jesus' parables. Let us reflect on this parent. Let us listen to the words he speaks to his sons. My son, go today to work in the vineyard. My son, today, vineyard. His request is therefore full of affection. It is for that day and refers to a precise place. It is a request, not a demand, and not a reprimand. Like, just like always, I have to do everything around here. You're good for nothing. Come and help at least this time. Let us ask ourselves then, how are our requests? Do they sound like requests that leave the other person free to respond, yes or no? Or are they demands? Look what happens. The first son, the one that had clearly and honestly said he didn't feel like it, after a bit of time passes, we don't know how much, but certainly in that same day, feels sorry and goes out to do what his father had asked. What made him feel sorry? What made him repent? The word that Matthew uses in Greek is exactly that which responds to this question. Meta melomai, meta, which means to go beyond, and melomai, which means to take care of. What does this mean? The son felt sorry, the son repented, in the sense that he stopped, reflected on his reaction, and gave himself the time to reevaluate, change his mind, call himself into question. He really reevaluates his plans for the day and those of his father. He recognizes his own laziness and lack of desire to work, and in the end, he gives himself permission to make a different decision. He chooses to leave aside his things to take care of the things of his father. The second son does the opposite. He allows his plans to take precedence over those of the father. 
and he is not willing to change his mind. Jesus praises the first son. Wouldn't it be great if we managed to do the same? If we could be open to listening to what moves more deeply within us when we say no, or at least to take the time to ask ourselves, did I choose correctly, or is there a different way to act, to think? Are my plans for today more important than God's plans? Those unexpected requests and last-minute changes. Sometimes I I realize that even for me, it's hard to go back home to change into nice clothes in order to leave again and meet someone. What helps me to change my mind? I think that my relationship with the person I'm going to meet, the one making the unexpected request, the hurt I might cause by not going. I think that it's our interior habit of constantly listening to God and his will in the circumstances of the day that are what most helps us. The habit of listening that gives us a heart that is open, free, and flexible to change for love of God and others. The first son was not perfect. He did not immediately say yes, but maybe that initial no, said with complete honesty, is what made the difference. Like when we want to jump over something and we backtrack in order to get a running start. And the son does does not allow himself to be paralyzed by regret or shame for having said no to his father. He doesn't see himself as the disobedient son destined to always live in a sense of guilt. No, he feels sorry. He repents. He decides that which is truly most important to him, and he acts. And if we had many no's said over a lifetime, if they took us far away, in the complete opposite direction from the vineyard? This parable gives us hope. Your yes today is more important to the Father than millions of no's you could have said for years. That which he is asking, however, is not that your yes be without consequence. He asks that your yes be transformed into action. The son is obedient to the Father because he concretely goes to the vineyard not only because he repented interiorly. Let us ask ourselves then, how do we repent in a way that moves us into concrete action? We can ask today for the grace to have an open heart to change our minds, to go back to the Father who has so lovingly called our name and asked us today to do that which is important to him, to make that which is important to him important for us too. If the saying between saying and doing lies the sea is true. Today we can also say, between saying and doing lies the power of reconsidering. Have a great day.